Thanks for tuning in to Good Vibrations with Kristen, where humanness meets spirituality. Are you ready to be inspired? Do you want to have a greater connection to the earth, each other, and ultimately yourself? Join in the conversation with Kristen Ace and her fascinating guests to share the light, laughter, and the illumination of Good Vibrations. Stuck inside staring at those same dreary walls? Brighten up a room with a fresh coat of paint. If you don't want to leave the windows open to air out the toxic paint fumes, here's great news. Non-toxic paint supply offers non-toxic, zero VOC paint. It performs as well as the toxic stuff, and you can keep the windows closed. Find much more than paint at nontoxicpaintsupply.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Good Vibrations with Kristen. I'm Kristen. Um, I have an amazing guest today. His name is Adam Sheck. He is a licensed clinical psychologist and a certified imago relationship therapist. We're going to, he's also known as the passion doctor. Um, We're going to talk a little bit about recognizing patterns in relationships so we don't keep repeating them. Hi, Adam. Are you there? I am. Hi, Kristen. Great to meet you. Great to meet you too. Um, So first quick, tell me, what is an imago relationship therapist? Am I saying that right? uh, Imago. Imago. Okay. Imago, which which is simply Latin for image, and it's yeah. it's a form of uh, relationship therapy of couples counseling and and individual work as well that really goes deeply, and it it's based on the idea of the imago, which is that internalized image that we carry on of what a relationship is supposed to be, our relationship blueprint, which is the topic uh, we're going to be talking about today. Great. All right. Well, perfect. Well, let's talk about that. So making the same mistake over and over again, but picking a different person. Like, why the heck do we do that? I mean, I know why I did it. So maybe I should talk about that for a second. And I didn't realize it until I was well in the middle of it that I was actually just looking for, in my instance, I was looking for a man to replace my father's approval that I never got. Mm -hmm. So I I didn't know I was doing that until I started really doing you know, understanding my motives and, and seeing a pattern in my relationships with certain men. But it took me a while to understand that I'm not going to be able to heal the relationship with my dad through somebody else. Do you, do you talk about that with your clients at all? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And again, um, congratulations on figuring out part of what, uh, what's going on inside you and your psyche. Uh, many people, you know, may, many people stand cruise control their entire lives and just wonder why am I drawn to the same thing? It's, it's the same shit, different uh, day syndrome. We, right. We're just drawn to it over and over. And there's, a, there's a deep psychological and maybe even a spiritual reason for why we do that. So it's not a bad thing. And if you use it consciously, you can use the relationship as a crucible for healing. Mm-hmm. For, for doing that. I mean, the other person can't heal you, but right. in that context, you can heal yourself. They can heal themselves as well to a, to a degree. Well, for me, I mean, I don't even know how I figured that out. I know I was doing lots of spiritual work. I had started meditating. I was really, mm-hmm. I was tired of what seemed to be destructive relationships. But, you know, I wasn't just having them with men. 
I was having friends who I always picked the friend who would then sleep with my boyfriend or pick mm-hmm. the friend who would, you know, like all of a sudden just tell me all my faults. And that actually <clears throat> happened to me just a few years ago where I was just had a couple of friends who went, yeah, you know what? I don't like you anymore. And this is why. And it was so brutal. And I thought, wow, how can that, how did I miss those signals this far along in my spiritual journey? I thought I was kind of past that kind of person in my life. So it's interesting how they showed up and, and to be honest, the signals weren't there with either one of them until all of a sudden there was this big kablam. Well, that, that is what it looks like. It, and in, in hindsight, in retrospect, we can always look back and say, oh, how did I miss this? How did I miss that? And yet our unconscious, which runs most of our show, um, is so strong, is so powerful, and it's single, single-purpose. It wants to heal us. It wants to recreate that. Freud called it uh, the repetition compulsion, where we just create the same situation from childhood in our adulthood over and over attempting to to heal it and yeah, yet if but we that's... don't know we're doing it there's no healing there's just wounding right when then then that's the definition of in, of insanity doing the same yeah. thing over and over again expecting a different result so in order to move out of that paradigm you have to completely change the type of person that you will interact with well i would suggest that you need to change yourself oh. and then you will be drawn to different types of people hmm Okay. Because you can't change someone else. You can try, but that's another dance of trying to, you know, have the perfect parents. No, but I wouldn't suggest changing somebody else, but I would suggest changing the people that you find yourself attracted to. You know, the, you know, the moth to the flame kind of thing. Like, why am mm-hmm. I attracted to, to this type of abusive person instead of, yes. uh, you know what? This person's exactly. already exhibiting signs of abusive emotional behavior, so I'm, I'm going to stop. I'm just going to stop. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> that, that's the behavioral piece. I can stop that, and yet until you change the internal program, which I'll, I'll talk a little about. Yeah, tell me about you're that. You're still going to be attracted to it because, again, you, in life, Kristen, you, you can be the moth or you can be the flame. Right. You, so, know, you get to choose. So, I mean, I know what I've done in my life to shift that pattern, but why don't you talk about what you help your, your guests do and your clients and all of that? Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, let's start with the psychology of attraction because that's really what's underlying all of this. Okay. And uh, you know the old truisms, uh, you marry your mother, you marry your father. We've heard all those and, and experienced yeah. it. Well, it's pretty close to the truth for many of us. Because the truth really is we're attracted to people that embody the best and the worst qualities of our primary caregivers, which is usually mom or dad or extended family or right. family. And if, if we find someone with enough of those qualities, we're going to fall in love. And as children, as toddlers and, and even younger, we're sponges. We're absorbing everything in our environment. We're seeing the sights, the sounds, the smells, the tastes, and the interactions. And we're feeling them more deeply because we're not as protected as we're young. And we're feeling what those interactions are like. Okay. So whatever we take in is what love is. Whatever mommy and daddy are doing, that's what love is. If they're yelling at each other, that's love. If they're abusive, that's love. If they're... Um, emotionally cut off and 
there's not a lot of interaction or passion between them, that's what love is. Well, so then we have to change what we understand about love within yes. ourselves. Yes. We need to create our own programming as opposed to the programming that was there. So we're attracted, and yet we're attracted to the best qualities in our, our, our caregivers and the worst qualities. Both have to be there for, for the equation. If there's someone we meet that has enough of the best and the worst, and, and the worst is just as important in this, probably more important. Why is that more ways. important? Because we're wanting to heal. Mm. We're wanting to, to mm. heal that abuse. We're wanting to heal that, that lack of affection. We're wanting to heal that abandonment. So we attract it into our lives so that we can do something about it. Yeah, but it's been my experience that that never happens, not with those well, kind of people. that's true, Be- because most couples stay in that. Because the first thing that happens, though, when you meet someone, if they have enough of those qualities, the body starts flooding you with all kinds of chemicals. You know, all kinds of neurotransmitters, phenethylamine, which is also in chocolate, mm. <laughs> you know, which the, la- the lady seemed to like that one, which, which is like speed. Right. And oxytocin, which is the cuddle drug, which helps us bond, start to get secreted in uh, doses hundreds of times stronger than, than our normal baseline. So our brain is, is drugged. We're, we're calling it romantic love, and yet in many ways it's a chemical reaction. It's not as romantic a notion, but uh, for whatever reason, uh, God, evolution, nature, to keep the species going, we need to fall in love on some level to propagate. Of course, there's more to it now because we've evolved um, emotionally, psychologically, spiritually, hopefully. <laughs> but, that's, but that's the beginning. The beginning of it, you're on speed and heroin, and you only see the positive qualities in your caregivers that are in that relationship, which is why we, we start to fall in love. But we're drugged. You know, we don't need to eat as much. We don't need to sleep as much. We want sex all the time. Our baseline is way different than, than our norm at that stage because we're in that euphoric, elated, exhilarated state. So, you know, how do you tell people to wake up? Because that's what it's about, really. It's about waking up to knowing yes. what your patterns are and how you choose and where your, where your sorrows lie. That's what I would think. I mean, I knew, I knew that I, I was trying desperately at one point to get my dad to approve of me. And I realized, wow, every guy that I pick who isn't good for me has that quality of disapproval of that. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm whether it's that I wasn't, you know, good enough in this or good enough for that or good enough for this. And the last relationship I had before I completely diverged from the pattern was that you know, my boyfriend told me he loved me privately, but never took me out. He never took me out with his friends. We never went anywhere. It was only right. in his apartment or in my apartment that we were together when he loved me. And that's when I was like, wow, he doesn't even care enough about me or feel enough about me to take me out with all his other you know, uber successful friends who are out doing all these great things and going to all these great parties and going to all these um, cast things. I'm, not, I'm never invited to those things. So that's when I went, I don't want to do this anymore. I just don't want to do this anymore. Bam. Yeah, I'm sick of it. I, I deserve better. And yet it, right. it's, I'm so sorry for the pain you went through. And yet that's usually we, we, we don't wake up from a happy dream. You know, no, we that's wake true. Up from, from a nightmare, finally we can wake up. 
But so, I was also on that journey of self-discovery. I mean, it was a, a yes. pointed, purposeful journey. I knew that yes. I did not want in my life what I had always had. So, And, the, and that's the start. And you, you also have to recognize that he is acting out his childhood stuff with you. Right. Whether he's being the, the, the cruel parent or, you know, the loving parent that can only be nice to mom in, in private and in public, he's got to demonstrate his ego or do whatever. It's all going on. So, so to answer your first question, though, there's nothing you can do while you're in the honeymoon phase. And you probably know that from yourself or, or your friends. When we're in the honeymoon and everything is golden and everything's adorable, isn't it so cute the way he leaves the toilet seat up and I fall in? It's adorable. <laughs> you know, we, we, you can't, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you, can't, you can't talk to your friends at that stage. Right. The, the, good, the good news is that our body can only generate these drugs for so long before we build a tolerance. So usually three to six months into a relationship, we start to see reality. And then Some people a little longer. So we start to see reality, and now we start to see the negative qualities that, that are, were in our caregivers, too, that we were attracted to. And that's the toughest part to own. It's like, yes, I was attracted to that. On some level, you were attracted to a man who didn't give you public displays of affection, make you feel good, right. to, to attempt to heal it. And that's when the power struggle, the second phase of the relationship begins, where we're seeing the negative in each other, we're feeling it. And what do we do? That's the point that we either white-knuckle it and hope it'll, it'll, it'll be better. Uh, we'll read a book or two. Maybe we'll go to a, a Codependence Anonymous meeting or something. and Or seek professional help. That's when uh, couples will often consult with me, either live in Los Angeles or by, by Skype, to seek that professional help to get another perspective on what's going on. Because the truth is, we're so drawn, we're so driven to create that healing that um, if it doesn't exist, the, the pain doesn't exist, we're going to provoke it. Either we pick it, there's the three Ps, either we pick someone, we'll provoke it in them, or we'll project it onto them. We'll okay. totally see it in a perspective on that and distort it. But I still want to know how we can wake up. Like, again, I know how I woke up. But I want to know how we, yes. in general, can wake up from this. Well, in general, people like to stay asleep. People would rather break up the relationship, not own they had a part in it, find someone new. And again, as, as you're saying, you find someone new, you have the same template. You have the same blueprint that you're trying to, to fix. I had a girlfriend so, say to me once, he, I mean, she went out with such a jerk, and she said, he couldn't have been a jerk because I loved him. And I went, no, um, that's giving yourself a lot more credit than I think you deserve in this particular mm-hmm. instance. That's giving yourself a lot of power over who somebody is. Right. Like, just because you loved him didn't mean that he wasn't an idiot. But again... That's true. The, and it's the distortions. The distortions. So... so and your friend is a friend. I find it's easier not to say anything. It's like, I want to leave him. I want to leave her, blah, blah, blah. You're right. They're, they're a jerk. They're an asshole. And then two months later, they're back together again, and you've lost a friend. So well, people have to come around in their own time. Oh, I'm but, not but really. professionally. Excuse me? Yeah, I, I think if someone's going to ask me mm-hmm. 
in my thoughts, I'm not going to say, oh, it'll be okay. I don't, mm-hmm. I'm not, that's not the kind of friend I am, but may, that may not Good. be, that may be why they only have a really small group of friends. You're the exception to the rule, and I admire you. I, I have no filter, so I, if people <laughs> ask me questions, they know they're going to get an answer. <laughs> <laughs> It makes me good at what I do, but well, it's, it's that's definitely right. a challenge. But if if you could put something out, because a lot of people are going to be listening to this, yes. What, what would you say to them to wake up? Is there? A, a, um, can they people do exercises? Can they? Mm-hmm. You know? Can they write things down? Can they keep a log? Can they? Right. Well, people will wake up when they're ready to wake up. It's, it's like when they're there, it's, the research shows that most couples don't come into counseling until about six or seven years after they figure out they have a problem. Oh, my God. Is, it's, it's the truth, which is unfortunate because the deck is stacked against you at that point. But that right. is really the truth. We are so in denial. We so don't want to face it. We so want to white-knuckle it. We so want to stay in denial. So the, the first step really is to wake up. And as you were saying, you were sick and tired of it. And there's an old 12-step saying, too, it's um, until you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, nothing's going to change. That's true. That's true. And, and maybe it is that people aren't sick and tired enough. I don't know. It, I don't really like pain, so I don't stay in it for too long. And, right. I mean, even then, by the time I had reached that point, I was in my late 20s. So I'd already mm-hmm. been in the dating game since I was 14. Mm-hmm. and had, you know, gone through a gamut of not really great relationships. But then when I look back at this time from, from this perspective and a, a perspective of, of being healed within my relationship with my dad and, you know, I can say it was really only like three really bad relationships. The rest of them were, were kind of nice. It was just, but the three that were bad were really bad. Were really, really bad. Yeah, yeah. they were as bad as they could probably get. So and that woke you up. Right, exactly. So in terms of how to get people to wake up, that I, I don't know that I can help too much. I mean, I, I write a blog uh, about relationships where I uh, share a lot of uh, um, interesting information, latest statistics, techniques, as you said. Right. On that, I think self-compassion is such an important piece to all this, and there's some great self-compassion exercises. I think our anger keeps us attached. I think... Um, well, that's people, interesting. Mm-hmm. Why do you think anger? I mean, that's interesting that anger would keep you attached. You would think that that would detach you from the situation if you well, felt anger. anger. Yeah, anger is a strong emotion. Anger is generated from the fight or flight uh, mechanism that we all have in, in the uh, sympathetic nervous system in our bodies. We have a fight, fight or flight mechanism, which is there from the old caveman days to help us from the, the mastodons and the saber-toothed tigers. Well, so are you saying that the, because of the fight or flight that the, that the anger keeps you connected for a survival standpoint? It's in, on one level that really is the truth. Our, our body, we can't distinguish between a psychological threat and a physical threat. The, the nervous system reacts in the same kind of way. And when you're in that power struggle phase of a relationship, when you're in that conflict stage, you're in the fight or flight. Okay. And you're, you're secreting adrenaline and norepinephrine and cortisol, and your, your good hormones are lowered. The serotonin is down, the dopamine is down, the oxytocin is down. And on some level, there's, 
there's almost I, I don't know that there's a lot of research on this. It's my my premise. There's uh, an addiction to to that. It's like adrenaline junkies. We're addicted mm-hmm. to the drama of it, to the conflict, to the surge of of the feelings mm. of that mm. because. Uh, you know, it's like makeup sex. It's like you're having a horrible, <laughs> horrible time, and yet now there's the flip side. It's, it's all in the physiology, and and it becomes addicted. It becomes ingrained into our neural network, so that's where we go. Well, yeah, then I think that that makes a lot more sense to me to, to be able to say to be addicted to the drama because for sure mm-hmm. there came that moment with that last relationship where I went, I don't I don't like the the utter highs and lows that are happening here. Like, mm-hmm. like that just didn't make me feel good anymore, or I didn't feel empowered by it. And I, it's interesting because I think a lot of people um, mistake anger for empowerment. Because I know yeah. I certainly did. Because I felt like, well, I was so powerless over so many things as a child and in my teen life that instead I came out of that. In, with rage and anger and thought that that made me more powerful. Well, anger is a higher um, energetic than depression. Right. So we feel empowered, and there's a choice at that point. In, in anger, in rage, we can be enraged, mm-hmm. turning it inside, in which case you know, we, we're eating up our own body, our own psyche, our own life. We can be right. outraged, turn it outside. Right. And if we look at society, it's taken outrage to change things. That's true. Civil rights, uh, the 60s, that was outrage. That was turned to a useful purpose, so the energy can be used. But uh, but I agree, when when uh, we're mutually wounding our partner over and over again, Mm -hmm. we're just sustaining that, and it's going nowhere, and it causes physical sickness there's a strong mind-body connection that blows out people's adrenals that right. lowers their immune system well i also think that there are expectations from that that we grow up with these expectations these fairy tales that um yeah. you get married or you fall in love you get married everything's perfect from there i remember thinking when i met my husband um all right now i can be happy but you know what? We still had a lot of work to do together as a couple and separately. Yeah. To and, and what I came to understand is that he's not going to be the cure to the disease of self, um, well, I would say self-hate to myself at that point. He can't cure me of that. You know, but I, again, that comes from meditation and understanding my motives and knowing what makes me uncomfortable and really doing deep, deep, deep understanding of my stuff. I admire you. You're, you're doing the work. And that's, that's the third stage of relationship. If, if and when you choose to move through the power struggle, it doesn't mean there's not going to be conflict, but right. at least now you're not acting out your childhood stuff back and forth. You're not in that reactivity that lizard brain uh, uh-huh. piece we can you've, you've talked about that on a show before or? no but i do know that um i do know that theory but tell tell our audience about uh, it real quick sure sure um the the human brain is a tripartite uh, brain it's got three parts tri like tricycle and there's the reptilian brain the medulla oblongata at the at the base which is responsible for keeping us alive mm-hmm. it's the part that when your fingers on the stove 
it pulls away. <laughs> we had to think about it. Hmm, I'm feeling something. I'm smelling something burning. What is it? Oh, it's me. <laughs> you know, we're we're a little slower. So so the reptilian brain is the reactive piece. The the limbic system is the emotional piece, and then we we have the the cortex, which is is our intellect. That's what we've evolved over the last right. however many you know generations, millennia, hundred thousand years, whatever your cosmology is on that. Right. And again, fight or flight in the amygdala, which is another structure in, in the brain, triggers the fight or flight, triggers the lizard from the lizard brain, and we're reactive. So uh, your partner, uh, I had a couple, <laughs> uh, they were newlyweds, and uh, the husband left the garage door open. And uh, for whatever reason, I think he was airing it out because it was a hot day, and something in his wife's history triggered it in the lizard brain she went directly into conflict and they had a huge knockdown drag out fight over right. the crash door being open right so you it's think rational you think that you're 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 evolved in your uber conscious and you're up in this intellect of being and really you're still a lizard <laughs> going well, shit get me out <laughs> We haven't been on the planet that long compared to, you know, civilization and right. romantic love. That's only been around a couple of hundred years you know, for, for people. That's that's a new concept, too. Right. So, yeah, we react from that. And, and uh, as you said, mindfulness practices, meditation, awareness, that's the key. And that's the work I do with couples and with individuals that are ready to clean up their act before they dive back into the relationship pool is really being aware of, of your... Uh, blueprint, your imago, that's mm-hmm. the first thing we'll do is like, what is it? What are you seeking? Well, I'm seeking someone that's loving and kind and compassionate, but I won't be fully in the relationship unless they're also withdrawing, depressed, and cruel. Right, right. And it's, it's and in the honeymoon, we'll see the first part, and in the power struggle, we'll, we'll see the latter. And yet it's all part of the person. We all have a shadow. None of us are perfect. Oh, it? God, no. But well, we do have to. We do have to love our shadow selves, because Absolutely. if you don't, then you're judging it, and then it's going to come up even more. Instead of well, loving it and accepting it and working within it, as well, so shining more light on that aspect of yourself. It's the work. That's the work of a lifetime, which is why we're always in some process. I mean, shadow or just disown, split off parts of ourselves that we couldn't tolerate, and right. we. We either split them off, we demonize them, we project them onto others. Society projects them onto societal shadows, which is why we have wars and genocide and the rest. We mm-hmm. project all this onto other people. So, yes, uh, owning our stuff is so so critical. And uh, mindfulness, doing doing the work in whatever way. I uh, do a lot of work with, with people in self-compassion and forgiveness. I've, uh, I have a new program, Broken Hearts Can Heal, that really is about that. How can you understand what's going on as well as be compassionate with yourself? Right, right. To, to take that step. So I think there was a question you asked before I, we talked about the lizard brain, and I don't remember what it was, but if you do, no, I'm no, to get you, back to it. No, you, did, you explained it all perfectly. That's huh, it. And, great. and with that, we actually have to wrap up because our, our time is is over. But I'm this is such an, a fascinating conversation and really um, insightful and and I think will help a lot of people out there just get a better understanding of why they're repeating patterns and then gives them a jumping off point to stop repeating the pattern, which is the most important thing. Just get, you know, jump and just start, 
Start the yes. process. And I will make sure for all my listeners out there that you have Adam's um, I know you have several sites, um, so I will have all of that on my blog, how to reach you, um, how to, to read your, your blog site, and anything else that, that they need to well, connect great. with you. I appreciate it. And uh, any of your, your listeners, I'm happy to do a complimentary 20-minute uh, consultation on relationship with them as well. They can just call me directly at my number, which will be on your, your page too. But yes. Uh, wow, that's site. really generous, Adam. Thank you so much. Well, My pleasure. That's really wonderful. So uh, I'll make sure that everybody out there, if you, if you want to spend some time with Adam and get an idea of how fabulous he is and how he can help you, you get 20 minutes if you mention GBK. So that's really, thank you, Adam. Wow. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm, I'm here to help people. And uh, you know, as you said, it's time to wake up. The more all of us wake up, the better this planet's going to be, which is that's right. why we're here. That's right. Well, I've really enjoyed my time with you, and um, I hope you want to come back because I know that there's a lot more to talk about here. Um, I would love to. I, I The time just zipped on by. <laughs> it always does. <laughs> well, thank you, and I'm just going gonna, gonna to say goodbye, Adam, and I'm going to say to my audience, thank you so much for listening, and there's a lot of exciting things here, and you go out and have a mindful, awake, conscious day, and I love you. We hope that you found this episode of GVK inspiring. And to raise your vibration even higher, visit my website at goodvibrationswithkristen.com. And don't forget to like Good Vibrations with Kristen on Facebook. What inspires you? Write us, let us know, so we can share your ideas on the show. And meanwhile, keep listening, keep connecting, and know that you are divinely guided.